Okay, campers, rise and shine, and don't forget your booties, because it's cold out there today. Welcome, listeners, to Ground Pod Day, our annual podcast where we rewatch Groundhog Day and then record a conversation about it. I'm Joe Dorowski, and joining us, as always, are returning uh, co-hosts. I think we're going to call everyone here a co-host, Chris Mav Maverick. <laughs> Welcome, Mav. Hey, well, it's great to be here once again for the millionth time that we've done this show. And Nicole Frime. Hi, nice to be here. I, I don't know if it's quite a million, but we're getting awfully close. Mm-hmm. And Andrew Dorowski. This is the only Groundhog Day I've experienced lately. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> this feels really fresh and new to me. <laughs> well, it has been a full year, and I have one question I want to ask first. Did any of you happen to watch Groundhog Day more than once in between our last recording and today? No. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think so. I did because I showed it to a class okay. <laughs> during the semester, and then I had to uh, watch it again today uh, to, to get ready for this recording. So I'm uh, I'm doubling up. It's I don't think I, I need it. to watch it. I'm like Bill Murray, a hundred days in, <laughs> where he's like, "All right, here we go." Person walking down the street, green truck Dropping turns the, the corner. Yep. <laughs> and car. <laughs> I I did watch it today, and. I can't guarantee that I haven't watched it since last year, but I, I certainly didn't go out of, like, I didn't teach it and I didn't go out of my way to watch it um, since I watched it for the show last year, but I might've watched it one time. I had an interesting mix with my students of some for whom it seemed to be an annual tradition that, that they watched it as a family. Like they grew up watching it as a family sometime around Groundhog Day. Fair. Some who had seen it, you know, occasionally or, or at least once and some who had never watched it at all it was uh definitely you know almost i think almost thirds of, mm-hmm. of that kind of situation what what were you teaching in the class um it was uh, well it was a literature and film class but we were we, we actually watched uh it with the day we were talking about uh theme in in film uh and I can't remember which other like I always I had assigned a, a viewing for them over the weekend and then we watched that one in class and then had a discussion uh, huh. about it. I very infrequently actually show full movies in class. It feels like if may, if I had a class that was a dedicated film class, which um, then I would. Our yeah, that's what this one was. Are, are set up yeah. that way, but mine are you know I, I I've seen people who are like oh we're gonna waste two classes here and we're going to watch the first half on Monday and the second half on mm-hmm. Wednesday. And then Friday will be discussion. And that just feels like it burns too much time for me. Well, we, I... I had the class as a <laughs> giant block. So it was all at once where we had time to watch and oh, nice. then have a discussion uh, in the, in the same night. But I would always try and choose films that were only 90 minutes. <laughs> <You know>? I <laughs> really enjoyed my class on the American blockbuster mm. where we watched Batman and jaws and star Wars I talked about them. I, it was a that was a pretty cool class. That does. You watched them cool. in class, or you watched them? Yeah, we watched them in it on BYU campus. Nice. We sat in the classroom. Um, what what else did we watch? I think that's when I saw Invasion of the Body Snatchers and oh. Night of the Living Dead. And then mm. and then I don't really remember much about the discussions, honestly. Um, <laughs> the goal Good of every, American every educational class. system. Yeah, <laughs> what well, was American Studies class? I mean. <laughs> So I probably yeah, wrote a would, paper uh, at some point. We we had a uh, like I they had a viewing outside of class every week. We did not watch something in class every week, but if we did, I tried mm. to keep it to ninety minutes or less. And sometimes we would just watch like a Twilight Zone episode for thirty minutes and then discuss. Uh, yeah, <laughs> weirdly, weirdly, my film class had the viewings outside of class time. Mm. 
Well, yeah, so that you have time to discuss in mm-hmm. class. I mean, but, but my American yeah. studies was like, yeah, we're just going to put put the movie on. <laughs> I remember I, I would use uh, in my intro to literature class when it was a semester long class, I would burn, uh, sort of burn two class periods to watch half of, you know, half of a movie one day and half the other day. But that way it would be like half and then we could talk about that part yeah. of it. Mm. Right. And that was when that's part of my unit on uh, when I was doing my uh, anti-utopias. And so we would watch Gattaca. Ah, nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, Joseph. Yeah. Have you ever thought about putting on both movies at the same time and seeing how they line up kind of dark side of the moon style? What do you mean by both movies? Like you said you would discuss like two movies. Oh, yeah. No, no. I've never. I so have never turned on. Like, All right. Groundhog <laughs> Day on like... one screen. <laughs> and I I don't know what would be a tenant on another screen. Oh, I just went, I, I checked on my syllabus. So this was a week where we were looking at genre and theme. Uh, and the, uh, they had to watch the Hudsucker proxy, which I love. I nice. love that movie. Yes. I will say very high variance responses For on that kids. one. Really? So, some, some people did not like that one at all. I feel, I feel not- like Hudsucker proxy. You can hate if you're not interested in like how movies convey information to you, but if you are interested at all in like visual storytelling and how is this telling the story, then it's great. It's like the best. What if, I mean, I guess I just would assume that if you don't like it, you just hate joy and goodness and things that are (laughs) fun. I I love that. There are people who hate Hudsucker proxy. I Uh, mean, amongst my students. Yes. There were many who listed as their least favorite viewing of the semester. I mean, because, I, I expect, you know, I like a lot of movies and books and stuff that are weird. And, you know, I'm I'm a professional nerd as, you know, mm-hmm. as we are we, right? Right. So, like, I when, when students are like, oh, you made us read Babysitter. Why would you do this to us? Or, oh, you know, you made us watch Metropolis. I don't like this. You know, I, I understand that. But there are people who don't like Hudsucker Proxy. It's just it's just like 90 minutes of pure joy. <laughs> We've never done it on this podcast, so we're, we may circle back to this discussion this on podcast? a future date. You mean a different uh, not podcast? Not Ground Pod Day. Sorry, on Protagonist Podcast. <laughs> the other Ground Pod Day is where, its where own you might be podcast. listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's true. Yes, this was going to show up in multiple people's feeds for yes. uh, for Ground Ground Pod Day tradition. I think yes. I think you should try to put like just start two movies at the same time and just see how they start to line yeah. up. Yeah, put on Dark Side of the Moon and put on um, Oz. You know, <laughs> like the concert video in Oz and just go and see what happens. <laughs> Two TVs. All right. Well, did anyone have anything that stood out for them this year in watching Groundhog Day that maybe you never noticed before? I know it's hard because we've all watched it so many times. Yeah. Is there anything I, new for I us had, to discover? I had a really good, like, first time noticing. Oh. oh. Go okay. on. All right. Well, actually, I had two really good first time noticings. And then I have a mm-hmm. couple of other, like, existential questions. Mm-hmm. Suitable for this movie, I think. Okay. Okay. The the slushy step is mm-hmm. right outside the diner. Yes. I like I had like a geography oh, brain blast during this where I was like, wait, the the doozy step is like right there with the diner. Like I in my mind <laughs> watching it so many times, it was like walking onto the onto the 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 grounds, the the you know, the park. Mm-hmm. was because it was cut from his conversation with Ned. I always interpret it as being a, a, a time jump of like maybe one or two streets. Right. Like he has had, he has, he has passed more time, but he has not had any further adventure. 
in this mm-hmm. time, but it's actually just an angle cut mm-hmm. where it goes straight from stepping to crossing. Mm-hmm. Which means it's also like that that one little section of street has the diner and the slush with Ned Ryerson and is also where the old man is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And uh, earlier and it's all right there the along. It's it's right there, like leading to the park. Yeah, and so every like time 20 you, foot radius. <laughs> every time you're like in the park, you can see the diner in the background. And so it's like, oh, there's the whole street. Also, there's, I think, at least two different movie theaters in this like fairly quaint downtown area. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can tell you how many how big Punxsutawney is. I looked this up. Do you know? Well, anyone, I mean, this isn't guess? Punxsutawney properly. Uh, well, it's 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 trying to be. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, the, it's in it, Illinois. The the city of Punxsutawney had uh, in nineteen when this was filmed six thousand and eight hundred fourteen was its population. But mm-hmm. that shouldn't have two to three no, movie theaters. That's what I was to say. That seems like too many movie theaters for that population. I should drive over. I think it actually might though. Because it, I mean, it's not as it, it's not big. But mm-hmm. it's not as small as I think maybe mm-hmm. you're imagining it to be. It's a, it's a, it is yeah. a reasonable sized town. I could totally believe that there are two. Movie but also, theaters. like so, uh, all, all of these movie theaters look like they're in downtown, and <laughs> and so like when they when they first are like driving into Punxsutawney, I saw one movie theater and it, it was uh, uh, it it was showing Heidi two, yes, and then we know that there's the theater that he goes to where there's a western, and I think I saw another I, theater. I think that theater where he sees the western doesn't it still say Heidi two on the marquee there. I, awesome. So that might be the same one, but I'm pretty confident that there's at least two theaters. Okay. My other first time noticing was the the first night when they're in the bar and um and Bill Murray's at the bar trying to get drunk because he's he's stuck in Punxsutawney. Um, the camera guy comes in and like sidles up to Bill Murray, but he like leans his back against a woman at the bar and makes her very uncomfortable. <laughs> And it is a very weird thing. I was like, this is intentional. I don't know if she's an actress or an extra in, in this circumstance. I think her discomfort might be authentic. <laughs> Larry does not know, uh, you know, personal boundaries. <laughs> no. Well, and he like, he like gives a look like he knows what he's doing. Like he's hitting on her by like pressing his back against her and like <laughs> making her space at the bar smaller. And so, okay, so a- next time you get a chance, like watch Larry in like every scene just to see what he's doing. Yeah. So there's only one movie theater in Punxsutawney proper currently. Uh, the other, the next one is the drive-in is uh, is 17 miles outside the city. So it's in Brookville, which is not far. And there's one in Du Bois, which is 18 miles. Yes, so the, and yes, it's Du Bois, not Dubois. Um, but, um, That's so yeah. wrong. It's an it's American so city. It's, it's an Dubois. American city. This is what we do. Pennsylvania. We have our thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Um, um, but um, there, yeah, there. Okay. It's so, 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 yeah, there is only one, the, the, the only movie theater and i don't know what was the case in 1993 mm-hmm, right but in 2024 the only movie theater in operation in punxsutawney as far as i can tell is the jackson theater at the punxsutawney community center i can also there, share with you that according to the internet website i was looking at uh punxsutawney has lost 1,000 residents since 1993 to oh no the present day it's down yeah. to 5,000. where did they go <laughs> 
My it, wife is from a, a town of fewer than a thousand that is right next door to a town of maybe a few thousand, uh, you know, just across the river. Uh, you know, there's this other city, which is where, you know, the Walmart is and the McDonald's and things like that <laughs> in the big city across the river. So I imagine Punxsutawney is more like the big city across the river than my wife's <laughs> tiny town. You're going on a special there's, outing to the Walmart? Yep. <laughs> hey, that's the kind of town I'm in right now, right? Is that I'm in the this the big town with the Walmart as opposed to, you know, the, the, the little outline. town. The little town that's, you know, uh, a little further down the river. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. The, the city that I'm in on their main street, they do have like a small theater. It looks like the theater in Punxsutawney where it just has like old, it's, it's like art house showings. Where they're doing mm-hmm. like old movies. And so I keep seeing like the marquee postings. And I would not be shocked if at some point I saw Heidi too on their marquee. <laughs> um, but they also have like a ticket booth up at the front, but there's just a mannequin in it. And it really kind of creeps me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> um, did anyone else have anything that stood out in this year's viewing for you? If we're, if we're back to talking about Larry... I'm always a little confused why Bill Murray sort of bags on his sweater. Right? It's a fi- yeah. It's not That's that bad the- a sweater. Mm-hmm. Why does I he why does I, he call do him a Girl Scout? Do you think we're supposed to be learning more about the Phil character than the Larry yeah, character? Yeah, in that I, moment? I know, but it just seems yeah. like such an odd I mean it seems like an odd thing for him to pick on, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. like couldn't you think of something better? Well, and then a better zinger, but but what's the deal with Girl Scouts? Are Girl Scouts known for wearing sweaters? I mean, no. Not, so, not so, like, how I does mean, he like when they're the cold? From, like, yeah. How does he make the jump from like Larry brown sweater Girl Scout cookies? I don't know. I mean, I suppose if he's think, trying to go for the brownie connection, but I mean, brownies wear actual brown. Kind of a, the sweater is like a tan, kind grayish of thing. brown. Yeah. So. I've got a copy of the, the I, this may be a first draft Groundhog Day script because even at the beginning, like there's quite a few things that are, are just different enough that I'm like, this isn't what they were actually shooting. Mm-hmm. But I just did a word search in it for the word sweater. And it the only thing that comes up is, uh, you know, a character description of someone shivering in a light sweater. Mm-hmm. Uh, so but this it is, could just this be Bill Murray, you know. Yes. Yeah, it could just be Bill Murray trying to find something, that, you know, to right. say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So currently playing at at the uh, at the Jackson Theater in Puxatani <laughs> is the boys. Mav the boys in the boat is, Mav, is the, Mav the Mav with a bone. Okay. Well, That's no, it. I mean, I I just you know, I'm one. I mean, uh, it's close enough that I could drive there and just catch a movie at the Jackson Theater. Like, have you seen uh, you Boys know, in the Boat yet? I've not seen Boys in the Boat yet. So you know, like, yeah, you know, I mean, it's it would be an odd thing to do because I live in a city with like you know, 20 movie theaters. So like to go, to go and drive to the one that's like 45 minutes away <laughs> in order to like boat. watch the one movie theater would mm. be weird, but it is a thing that I could do. Um, I, I, I am, I suspect that I am less than an hour away from no fewer than a hundred movie screens. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Because, because I'm like next to two college towns. Mm hmm. And each of those has like two or three theaters that are probably 12 plus, yeah. you know, theater, uh, theater screens. So it's like, it adds up really fast. Yeah. yeah I, you I, you know what? Uh, what I'm realizing is this is why this 
annual podcast has been going for so long is the movie chat. <laughs> <laughs> this is what, what brings our listeners back. <laughs> okay, Every I've year. got a I've got a separate thing. This is one of my existential questions, <laughs> okay, but it, it, it does relate back to the sweater. Okay. Okay. Oh. So we're we're time. we're gonna circle these wagons really tight multiple yeah. times today. <laughs> um so I, I like I realized this about the about the movie in the past and like recognized that they did a good job executing it with like the costuming and everything, where there's a limited amount of clothing. But this was the first time that I kind of had like an introspective moment and be like, how much would I dislike only having like two different outfits that I could mix and match for over a mm. hundred days. Like they're clean every time, oh, but Bill so Murray's only got two different years, shirts he could choose from. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, mm. right. Like yeah. I get, and he's got, I, he's got to get bored enough. Too. Yeah. I, and, and he's got like an undershirt, but I get bored enough and I've got like 15 shirts hanging up in my closet. Right. Right. <laughs> well, he could go buy a new shirt every day. Which he yeah, does he sometimes because he's got like his cowboy outfit when he goes on the date with the mysterious woman. We talked last last year about the <laughs> mysterious woman in the in the um, French maid outfit mm-hmm. who has no other scene. So we don't know where he picked her up, but he goes on that date in costume. So presumably so, he didn't. So just he's wearing a costume. Yeah. But I mean, I'm just saying he didn't he didn't pack his own cowboy outfit from Pittsburgh. <laughs> no, like no. for a yeah, one day so trip. He, he does How have do the option. Know? I don't I don't know. I mean, maybe he did. You know, I don't know what but, he's into. So but sure. every morning to get to his cowboy costume, uh, yeah. he has got to pick like maybe between two different pairs of pants and mm-hmm. maybe three different shirts that oh, he has yeah, brought with him for, for an overnight, like a single night bed and breakfast. Mm-hmm. Like how much did he pack? Not very much. To a town that he hates. So, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, man, like th- just the boredom, like his toothbrush never feels any different. Mm-hmm. He, like, he'll never run out of floss his floss thing is is like reset every morning and so he doesn't get like any of the like little spice of life things where it's like oh i get a i get to pick out a new toothbrush that's your spice of life that's that is your, I, I, <laughs> like he doesn't he doesn't Look, get a change don't shame his the man for liking what he likes <laughs> you know but you, like little little like things that change about your life are pleasant mm-hmm. and yeah. it's like oh like his toothpaste is the same Every morning when he wakes up, mm-hmm. the breakfast options are the same. If he's still in that bed and breakfast, like at a certain point, he's eaten everything in town that he could have had for breakfast. Oh, yeah, that is true. Well, he, he does it all one day when he when he first realizes he's immortal. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah he, he does, he does, he does eat a lot at the <laughs> diner. <laughs> he sells um, everything. He's like, no, no, space that out. You're here for oh, years. Do you think yeah. he got to a point where he's like, I actually like the third slice of toast? In this in this row of toast at the bed and breakfast, this is the best one. I've done a careful assessment over time, and it's the third one in. If I go at this time, I can get it in the toaster. It'll be just right. That's funny. Maybe, I mean, so there's always the the discussion that people have, and we we we've talked about this last year, and and I'm sure many other years that we've done this podcast for. Ever. Um, but um, but people have the thoughts about how long did he spend there? And there's mm-hmm. you know, people who who have argued. It's some people have said it's like 33 years. Other people have argue, argued that it's like thousand years or whatever. Um, the, the original scriptwriter said that in his mind it was like a thousand years. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and you know the the movie it doesn't give you enough to like let you know in in my in my mm-hmm. feeling because there's the there's the point where where you know where um where where he says 
you could learn how to toss car- cards perfectly into a hat into a hat in about six months. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, so that's I, I assume that learning to play the piano and learning to do build ice sculptures is harder than that. But like he's, you know, we see him making productive use of time. I, um, after I watched this film, I decided to treat myself and give myself a second Groundhog Day-ish experience today. And I rewatched um, um, one of my favorite movies that is of the Groundhog Day formula, uh, Palm Springs with mm-hmm. um, Andy Samberg. And he very heavily implies that he's been in the loop for, you know, a long time because he actually does have opinions on minutia like stuff like like Andrew's talking about like oh well no you don't want this one you want like he like there's literal I you know just bits of nuance because he knows everything because he's done everything there possibly is to um to live in this one 24-hour period that his life is allotted to um and so so I and, and there's also a sense of of boredom to that character that goes sort of beyond what we see from Phil here. Like we do see Phil reach the, the point the breaking point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's a, but well, well, but his, in his, his, his thing is you've got to Zen it. If this is your, if this is my entire existence, I, I don't get to be angry. I don't get to be happy. I just have to be because otherwise you'll go crazy because this is just what life is. So, I do recommend that film once again if people have not seen Palm Springs. It's on available on Hulu if you if you are a person who has Hulu. <laughs> and he's not paid for that. It's just a recommendation. It's just a recommendation. <laughs> he's willing to be paid. If Hulu wants he is willing to be paid. If Hulu would like to sponsor our annual podcast. <laughs> That's not a moral stance that he's taking. <laughs> no. <laughs> I did notice one thing. It's not like I noticed it new because I it's not, it wasn't a surprise. But um what stuck out to me this time was how long Phil spends with the two drunks before he goes on the car chase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it just felt longer this time than, than, than like in my head, he just meets these guys in a bar and then steals, you know, steals their car, goes on a go- goose chase, uh, but he does not bar slash he, bowling alley. Yeah. But he doesn't, he, he like talks to them for a good bit of time while they're getting drunk, like like we there's to know a, a little bit about them. Yeah, there's yeah. character building building there, and like and they have a, and they're distinctly you know I think I thought of them as just the two drunks, but they have distinctly subtly different personalities where where there are choices made. So they stuck out mm-hmm. as characters to me, and I the, on this watch I did try to um I was trying to pay attention to um to incidental characters a lot because um. Last year, Nicole spoke at length about her her feelings on the trickster esque god of the bartender, and I was like, "Well, how much mm-hmm. does he really interact?" And not enough he's in, for my he's taste. In like two scenes. Yeah, he's in two yeah. scenes, and and I and I and I didn't feel I didn't feel as enamored to him as as like perhaps you did, but um, but I did just notice there is quite a bit of characterization from the various extras of the town. Like, uh, yeah. so, mm-hmm. like some of them are obvious, like the fact that Nancy's there, Nancy and Ned get several scenes to, to themselves. But even like like the, the couple that's getting married and gets to go to WrestleMania, Michael there's Shannon. like real character progression in the couple times that you see them yeah. Um, in in uh, what's the guy's name? That's the, the, the guy who gets to give the groundhog speech and then he later Buster. chokes on the. Yeah, he gets he and his wife have some some development. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is interesting to watch if you like really pay attention to the extras the way that Phil has. 
All right, well, uh, hey, that's a great transition point for one thing that I dug into a little bit. Since we're going to be doing this for years, I thought I'd look into everyone who has a speaking role okay. uh, mm. in the mm-hmm. film. <laughs> not not their characters on screen, necessarily. We, we're, we can't do that. But uh, the actors and actresses who play them. Okay. Uh, so, and I was just going in order uh, as, and I'm skipping, like, the big ones. You know, Bill Murray and Chris Elliott. And, uh, I've heard of them, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the newscaster is... Carol Bivens. She has, I believe, four credits <laughs> to her name. Uh, no, it's six. Uh, the last one being an episode of Boston Public in 2003. Her first credit being a TV series called Gabriel's Fire in 1991. Wow, she was on Gabriel's Fire. I've seen Gabriel's <laughs> Fire. But I'm not the five I'm thing. not as shocked as I should be about Matt being like, oh, I know that show. Yeah, of course I know that show. Things where it's like, oh, that. Okay. Uh, Carol Bivens, if you look her up now, she is an artist at carolbivens.com, B-I-V-I-N-S. You can see her abstract paintings. If any uh, patron wants to kick in $800, we could buy an original Carol Bivens. (laughs) (laughs) Have it hanging for the – have it hanging in the studio for the the podcast studio that we only record Groundpod Day in. (laughs) Or up to (laughs) $3,000. Because there's a range of prices wow. on her her uh, abstract paintings that she sells. I, I can't wait to assemble this eclectic memorabilia of <laughs> for, for, for our one studio. This, <laughs> this tangentially related to Groundhog Day, the movie. Groundhog Day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she says on her website, after working for many years as an actor in New York and Los Angeles, I moved to the Southwest and traded the performing arts for the visual arts. Huh. The impulse to create art is unexplainable. It becomes a true compulsion and a voyage of personal discovery. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's Carol. Looks like she wasn't she wasn't a regular on Gabriel's Fire, but she but so I guess she was just she because I don't recall her, but I guess she was just on one <laughs> one episode probably. For people who know Gabriel's Fire, um, James Earl Jones as a, mm-hmm. a yeah. kind of a police procedural. Oh wait, yeah. And what year was that one again? Ninety one. And um, Dylan or ninety actually. Dylan. Okay, now I remember if it's Walsh or McDermott, the one who was on Nip Talk. Dylan Walsh. Walsh, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, all right. Then there's in the in the newsroom, there is the assistant, uh, let's see, Kenny, that uh, is going to be taking I, over. I thought a lot about Kenny okay. in, in the few minutes he was on screen and just like how Bill Murray treats him, how Phil treats this guy. It's like, this guy should not be helping you put your coat on arm by arm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like. You treat this guy so poorly. And it, it did make me think during the, the I'm your weatherman song. And so this became my, my other existential one. Since you've talked about the newsroom at this point, I'm bringing it up. Yeah, get in there. What is what is the new status quo like for people outside Punxsutawney who knew Phil? Like Kenny is thrilled. Phil's moving to Punxsutawney. He gets to keep, Kenny gets to be the weatherman now. He he got to live his best life. For a thousand years because he got to do the weather <laughs> twice in the day. He's like, I could I could do the five o'clock if you don't make it back. And he got to. He got to every day. And do you, but then but then it's like, really okay, Bill Murray, Bill Murray, well, I'm only going by what we have in the text. Okay. Okay. Um, so assuming that they do, but even okay. if they don't, it's like, okay, Bill Murray's done all of this in Punxsutawney. Like, what's it like back at the news station where he doesn't actually know anything about anybody? And he's got to do it like the hard way and he can't impress him in one day. 
Mm. Like he can't win them over in a day because they know he's a jerk. Does he have family? Does he have siblings that are going to notice a, a, a massive personality change? <laughs> I mean, he is definitely going to be a different person for everyone who knew him. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just, I wonder, like I'm, the the thing at the end where he says, because um, that's always let's, weirded me out. Let's, I like let's, it. Let's, let's move here. here. That's mm-hmm. a weird choice for the woman that you say you love. That you that you because for again for her she's only had this one really good date. They mm-hmm. they they do they do seem to have a genuine connection. I really do believe that he has changed and that they and are you know, that they're going to be okay. She did a lot of money on him, right? Just like on his bucks. reputation. She's ha- she has only had like the car ride in the one broadcast and then he was gone for the rest of the day and she's got dreams this is a woman who we yeah. know from earlier she you know she wants to travel she wants children she wants to so there's a lot to there's a lot that she wants to just be moving to punksultani like like so for listeners i live in pittsburgh punksultani is an hour and a half from here in the middle of nowhere there's nothing else around like it's uh, like there's other little towns that also no one lives in and um and it's not like like Pittsburgh's the closest big city and we're an hour and a half away. Like that's but it's considerable. Will... So he can't work. He's not gonna be the weatherman, you know, out of Punxsultani. Well, he already stole the he stole the money from the armored car. He's set. <laughs> I guess. I'll, I'll I don't know if he was doing that he on did, his good he, man no, days. He did that even on his good day to make sure he had everything he needed. <laughs> I'll point out that he says we should move here. We'll rent to start. Mm-hmm. And it cuts out. We don't hear her reply. <laughs> Have so you lost your mind? We don't. Ass- I <laughs> We've mean, been on one date. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if I were her, I would be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow your roll. Okay. Um, back up. Also, also, like living together. Let's let's date a little yeah. before. <laughs> also, one, also, one date that started at 10 p.m. last night. It's been 12 hours. And started with the, the day with her being thinking he was a prima donna. It's less than that. It's only been it's been eight hours because they woke up at six. Oh yes, yeah, right. So well, I was just yeah, assuming and they were the parts where they were for asleep. At least yeah, some of they that. were asleep for much for much of it. Yes, like, but their date uh, started last night. You know, also like they have to notify HR, their coworkers. She's she's like. <laughs> Oh, this is a nightmare. It's like, oh, wait a second. This is. Can we reset something? I think we may have made a mistake. (laughs) This is a horrible decision. HR nightmare for sure. (laughs) He's he is disgraced. He's off the show. Kenny's getting the gig. Uh (laughs) (laughs) What's Larry gonna do? How's he gonna? I don't don't know the name of the uh, (laughs) the other anchor. He calls her hairdo. But she uh, is she, going she to. She was listed as as just newscaster. I think she's gonna really enjoy. The broadcast where she gets delivered, disgraced weatherman, <laughs> Phil Connors. But at the same time, like he went 1993 viral for his beautiful uh, monologue <laughs> about about the groundhog. Like, can you can you fire him after that? Did he save his job? <laughs> but that the, the highs and lows of this man's career so, span 24 this hours. Like a, this is going to sound like a weird question, but it's ac- I'm actually serious. So, I, again, I live in Pittsburgh, so we actually do see the Punxsultawney um, Groundhog. Groundhog Day celebration on the news every year. That actually does play here. Do they actually play it elsewhere in the country? Do you guys ever see I could the Groundhog look it up Day? If, I could look it up if I wanted to, but... I think I see it, like, as a link on, like, national news websites I look at, but... But it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't I, like, come on your, your morning news. 
I, I don't, I don't watch know the when morning I last had news. a local a local <laughs> news channel on. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, like as far as like airing, like I visit a local news website, and I think they usually have a link no. to it when, like on the local okay. news website. When I because it is a big enough deal that my, it airs on my, WPXI here, which is yeah. you know. Our... When I was a kid, and my parents had on like local news in the morning, I probably saw like a two second stinger of yeah. like, okay. and the groundhog saw a shadow. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. Okay. So, like, yeah, because that, that is definitely real here. not yeah. definitely not a local Pittsburgh news anchor delivering a speech. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, we don't my get local that station. level of commitment, but you <laughs> yeah. know, but we do, we do get the, you know, I mean, they do make the the guy drive there to do the sixty second bit. You know, like, yeah. They're, like, they're, I, they're, I get why he would hate it, right? Because it'd be like, okay, it's an hour and a half drive to literally watch a groundhog, like do nothing and then talk for 60 seconds and then drive back. It, it would be a pain. I, I get that, you know, but it's on the company dime. That's not too bad. <laughs> I <Yeah>. guess <laughs> there's yeah. really nothing there. Yeah. <laughs> it's really nowhere. We've established there's a drive through the theater. theater. <laughs> so who, um, who are, who are other people? Oh, we well, have? no, wait, I wanted to get to, uh, yeah. uh, 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 was it Kenny? Is that the name of Kenny? The character? Kenny. Kenny. Yes. yes. Did you recognize the actor? He's got kind of yeah. like a Rick Moranis vibe, but I don't think it's Rick Moranis. No, I will say no. he has 172 credits on IMDb. And as soon as I saw, I realized who it was I'm like, oh, I know him. It is uh, Willie Garson, who I know as Moz from White Collar. Most oh, right. uh, yeah. is, is what I know him most from. But his other known for is Sex in the City and the new Hawaii Five-0. Apparently his regulars. Oh, <laughs> that's who that yeah. is. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was why I was like, "Wait, he's been in like when I pulled him up on IMDb, I'm like, oh, he's in every. He was in an episode of Cheers. Uh, then yeah, I went back, I'm like, oh, wait, guy. was he on Cheers? I, like, I pulled him up. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember him on Cheers. In what mm-hmm. episode? He was a waiter. You guys didn't recognize him before. <laughs> no. No. Okay. <laughs> so Nicole, huh. you knew this is not a revelation for you. No, no, it's not. I, 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 I didn't recall that his character name was Kenny, but right. I knew it was Willie Garson. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I didn't. And it was it was really like once I saw like, oh, Maz from White Collar. That's the one where it really clicked for me. Yeah, I, I, I never watched White Collar, but I but, but he I also did was watch like Sex one of those City, that so. he has like one episode of like almost everything in the 90s and early 2000s. He showed up you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, there he is on CSI. There he is on a Stargate series. There he is on a Star Trek series. <laughs> you know, that that kind of career. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the uh, the last one I wanted to do this year, I, you know, I got to save this because we're doing this forever. So I'm not going to, you know, run through all these these actors and actresses. Uh, is uh, Ken Hudson, whose credit I believe is listed as guy in the hall. Oh, the the oh yes, the, the yeah. Bonjourno guy. Yes, yes, that's yes. him. Ciao. I think it'll be he's in, in everything. He, huh? Do you know what his most famous role is? Once I say um, it, it's going to click. No, he's he's he he. I know he's I know he's in a bunch of action movies and stuff. He's like a he's like a standard I'm gonna be a random soldier or a random businessman kind of guy, but he's like he's a he's a character actor. I don't know what his most famous role is. He is, so yeah, he is uh the Tic Tac Santa in Home Alone. <gasps> okay. Oh my yeah, okay, gosh. Yeah, he's in that. Now I will say I love him. Okay, Tic Tac Santa is one of my favorite people in a Christmas movie ever. So he is very recently in the news for a, a one of those like sad slash heartwarming slash wait what's happening to the American healthcare system stories oh, no. in the in the last year where he uh, had I guess been long enough without his SAG card that he was off of his SAG uh, mm. insurance and he let something 
not get checked that needed to be checked and it turned out to be cancer and he had to have a major surgery but then the heartwarming thing is like when his daughter announced that he needed surgery he was his his career goes back to second city with like steve carell and Mm -hmm. uh and bob odenkirk and they did a a a gofundme that raised like a hundred thousand dollars for his cancer surgery oh that's good in a a day but but it's like wait what is going on with the american healthcare system part of it but but a lot of santa a lot of his famous friends like immediately flooded his uh his gofundme and helped yeah, because um, he's been working forever. He's like he's like in Herman's head. Yes, yep. <laughs> uh, he, he's, and he does um, some vo- voiceover work too. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's he's all over the place. Like, like in Herman's head, he plays, um, um, like he he's one of the voices in Herman's head. He's like, um, uh, I think he he's like the. He's like Herman's lustfulness. Uh, I don't know if you know that. Yes, he Herman's head is essentially you are yeah. correct. Herman's head is essentially um, inside out as a as a sitcom, but mm-hmm. rather than a you know nine year old girl, the main character is you know a 25, 30 year old man. So he, he was a voice in dinosaurs. Yes, <laughs> yeah, and he but yeah in in Herman's head he 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 essentially he's a character of lust in in Herman's head, and he essentially just plays Belushi. Like he mm. plays the bit just as John Belushi. Like that's right. the character that you're imagining of John Belushi. That's how lust is. Yeah. <laughs> I remember him from uh, Armageddon because yep. He's his Armageddon. character, when they were making their list, Max mm-hmm. wants you to bring back eight track tapes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they and they and they pull it off as i recall don't they isn't that one of the things that they just <laughs> <laughs> and and bruce willis sort of shrugs and kind of looks at max and max is sort of nodding like yeah yeah they're great yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> you're using it he track. also dies I, if I, i'm, if I'm old enough that i have using it they're they're not useful they <laughs> trucks suck <laughs> listen i had sean cassidy's second album on eight track i will have you know it's several it's so horrible <laughs> it's so horrible what that i had that i had it on eight track or that i had sean cassidy's second album oh no i have no problem with sean cassidy okay. just the just the the if you've never used an eight track like there's buttons to not to, not so much fast forward as just skip to a random portion of the tape yeah. so you, you have like four buttons that just sort of jump into you know hey um, you've gone from you know zero minutes to fifteen minutes. Is fifteen minutes the beginning of a song? Not necessarily. <laughs> Probably not. Odds are no. <laughs> but but we're fifteen minutes in. Can you rewind to the beginning of the song? No. Again, you can go no. back to zero. <laughs> a, a song, That's how this works. A song's three to four minutes long. The beginning of the song is really only about ten seconds. Yeah. The odds of hitting that. Eight <laughs> tracks were horrible. Anyway, those are the uh, the first three of our side characters. Every year, okay. I will uh, introduce you know a, a three few. More. Uh, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. Let's shoot for at least three. Yeah, it will be my goal. Okay, I that's really a cool segment. That. I like this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> something to look forward to. <laughs> I was, I mean, I was impressed with like with uh, I mean Carol Bivens. <laughs> Uh, like I, I, the first thing that actually came up was her artist website. I'm like, is this the same person? And on her, like, about it's like most, you know, known for her role in Groundhog Day. It's like, oh, okay, it is her. Uh, but then the other ones are like, oh, these are massive IMDb pages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so much work. Well, the, yeah, there's a lot of. I mean, there's a lot of people who are. Uh, we will save it. I'm sure we'll talk in the future uh, about Buster. Is um, he's uh, uh, Brian Doyle Murray, mm-hmm. huge working actor. He's yeah, just, one of the one of the those guy. Yeah, right. yeah. He's 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 very much you know a oh I remember him in Caddyshack. Yes. What was the I character's name? 
I don't know, but he's in Caddyshack. He, you know, he's, he's that guy. Yeah, he's, he's the guy that guy. from Wayne's World. Yeah, he's the guy from Wayne's World. <laughs> Essentially, playing the same character that he played. Like he's literally, he's got this character of kind of a you know slightly dorky old guy that he's been playing for forty years. <laughs> Listen, if it works, yeah, hey, if it gives him work consistently for forty years, you do not st- you do not break character. No, right? no, it's, yeah. in the in the harsh world of a, uh, small character acting in Hollywood, if you are known for something and it keeps getting you work, you just lean into that. Mm-hmm. So, Andrew, did we did we cover all your existential questions? Uh, I mean, to some extent, like. I st- I don't know if we dug in enough like okay but like what is Kenny's life like dur- <laughs> like what what was the day that he was reliving like what's what's a uh, man in so halls life that he's reliving but then also like okay now what is their future like because they are in the orbit of Phil Connors who's mm. had this like cosmic experience and like how does that impact the people outside of Punxsutawney or the people that we don't see in Punxsutawney like, I assume he just, like, Guy and Hall just has kind of a nice day because some guy was, like, pretty pleasant. Mm-hmm. What's their next day like? Yeah. Because he can't. So they had this one. That guy was day. in the bed and breakfast. Mm-hmm. Why is he there? Yeah. Well, I'm thinking, like, stuff like they've had this one perfect day, right? Like, they've had this day where this guy came to their town and was basically a superhero changing tires, mm-hmm. catching kids, falling out of trees. Or you know, all if you're, if you're at the news desk in Pittsburgh, this guy's finally out of the way for a day. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But then like tomorrow, Phil doesn't have superpowers anymore. Mm-mm. I mean, he right? still knows so, everything about everyone in Bunksatani. Sure. He, he, and, he and, and he can be friendly. That he developed across those years. Right. But, but yeah, and, but I mean, he can't time he, things. He doesn't know when your fl- when your tires going flat. Right. He's a good piano player. But he can't, you know, and he and he knows the Heimlich maneuver. But he can't just wander abdominal in to save thrust, you from choking. Abdominal thrust. Heimlich maneuver is not the approved terminology that's trademarked term by the Heimlich <laughs> estate. <laughs> is it really? It is. Uh, wow! And so they trademarked the terminology so they could sell posters for lunchrooms. And oh wow! Then they. Just I don't think like it, the spirit of uh, what's his name that, that had the polio vaccine and said, no one should copyright this same spirit. Right. Yeah, um, pretty much. And so when you get official training from like the American red cross and everything, it, you, you say abdominal thrusts because I know because huh. I was a lifeguard and then I became a CPR yeah, instructor. You're a CPR um, instructor. Yeah. And so, yeah, told- so yeah, ab- abdominal thrusts. That's fascinating. And then there was on the, uh, one time I was like doing some research into it. I was like, yeah, I'm okay. Like definitely correcting this. I don't think it's like the shadiest thing ever, especially not in like medical history, but um, the Heimlich estate did fund some research to try and indicate that abdominal thrusts would be more effective than chest compressions on drowning victims, which might be true, but you can't get a drowning victim upright because they're unconscious. And so it's not viable. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> And I, and so it's like and it's a cool thing to figure out, but also like, are you just trying to sell more posters? <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm I'm just kind of and this is fascinating to me because it, it feels like one of those things where I I absolutely believe that there is a you know an estate a corporation as you will right mm-hmm. that would attempt to copyright or trademark the term Heimlich maneuver that makes sense right. I just 
with this hold up in court, can you win that? Because that feels like not that feels beyond the level of yeah, we know, but everybody calls it Kleenex, right? Well, like that. Well, feels yeah, like, zero. I, also, I yeah. think to a point they also. I think it's just like in practice they like to not have names mm-hmm. in procedures. They'll have names for like right. diseases, but they don't have names in the procedures generally. Um, sure, but also, also if I'm it choking, makes it a lot easier. Abdominal thrusts a lot easier mm-hmm. to write down anywhere rather than Heimlich mm-hmm. maneuver two words that people cannot spell. Can't spell. <laughs> well, can't spell right. Excellent point. I, yes. But if I'm choking and like somebody's like, oh no, Mav's choking. Does anybody know the Heimlich maneuver? What I don't want is it, Andrew like, to say, well, actually, no, it's not actually. <laughs> I, I don't know that. <laughs> moment to, well, actually. I do understand how to do abdominal thrusts. Would you like those instead? <laughs> They're just as good. <laughs> Generic, yeah, and that, and generic brand Heimlich maneuver. And it's and really just, it's got just, all of the same components. Right. Right. I'm I'm just saying can can we have this discussion after I'm no longer choking? Is where, is where I'm at. Oh my god. Well if you're choking, you won't, you won't be speaking. Extra, I mean, like, if you're gonna call it Heimlich maneuver, there oh. is a fee. If you want to call oh. it that. If I'm choking, I will pay the fee. Please save my I, life. Well, if you're choking, you won't be able to speak. That's one of the clear indicators that is actually severe choking. Um, yes, yes. But, which but is yeah, why, so, again, please just do the procedure, whatever you want to call it. But, we will to, we'll worry to get about the back to, later. To get back to your actual point about Phil, like he oh, right. he has he has developed like all of his skills and everything, but. He doesn't know when the kid's going to fall out of the, right, the treehouse. Right. And so if a kid falls out of the treehouse, he's not going to catch him. Right. That kid just breaks his neck tomorrow because because the kid, he never says thank you. He never learns his lesson. Right. So mm-hmm. is he just climbing that tree and falling out tomorrow? Because when it's icy, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that kid's like that kid's like totally not going to survive the week. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> and so it's like if he's there, like he knows how to catch a kid. He's he's got mm-hmm. some experience. His back still hurts, but <laughs> but it's in, like in like he knows minds, how to change the tire, but he doesn't know when you're going to get the flat tire. Right in your minds, do the days that he's experiencing go on as alternate timelines? Like every like he wakes up back <laughs> at square one, but do those days yes. continue spinning forward? In some okay, in some like you know. So there's Richard Feynman, you know, multiple realities. Sort of, yes, sure. So it, there is it, a universe number of where, where he wakes up each of those days. So, but or then some where he's dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't but wake up. Um, return square one, but, but then everyone so, else would continue forward in the and you know a new timeline branched off every single day that he experienced. But then I would imagine it would have to. There, be, yes. But then there's days that he knows, so he has like all the skills, you know, like. Okay, end day minus one. He has all the skills and everything, but he didn't make it the perfect day. He still wakes up the next day. He's like, I guess it was good enough. Or mm-hmm. he like. Maybe he's not transformed. Or he like <laughs> manipulates and seduces a random woman and wakes up in the morning. He's like, I guess this is what solved it. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. He's like, I thought this was going to be a one night stand with with Nancy. I see what you're saying. I didn't so think saying, there would be any consequences. You're saying he moves on. Uh, I see what you're saying. As well. like, like yeah, because everything, everything right, including right. him, moves on. Because that alternate reality. That's a good point. It, it would have to. Like we're we're following. So there's one where he's in jail. Sure. Multiple there's, where he's in jail. I'm sure. Well, yeah. Right. <laughs> there's a lot huh. where he's dead. That's a okay. So again, I'm going to go to the other movie. So if I'm if I'm looking at um at Palm Springs, they actually have 
so the the concept of Palm Spring is um or Palm Springs is there are three people caught inside the loop. Um uh, the over the course of the movie there so they all experience the reset whenever they uh, much much like Phil when they go to sleep or when they die they wake up in the morning at the same time and the, and the and the loop resets every time so there's three people inside the loop and um it is very much implied that there is a there is a world inside the loop and a world outside the loop it, like um like they try to they try to do a little more science with it so there so certainly there are worlds that go on outside the loop where people are just dead and or or consequences have have happened um that is part of the andy the andy samberg characters like sort of zen about it like he 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 argues you can't just go randomly killing people because even though there are no consequences since they've since the world resets for us we've still killed a person so that has to matter there has to be a right like he he he, he essentially argues there has to be a right and wrong you can't just you know and it's weird because he has like sort of nebulous senses of consequences you know sure it's okay to seduce a random person but not to murder them i mean it's kind of like the the bill murray character in this like Mm -hmm. we 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 don't outright hate him because he never, you know, rapes anyone or murders anyone. But, you know, his manipulation of these women is creepy beyond belief. Yes. <laughs> and <Yeah>. immoral. <laughs> and, the, and the movie and the movie acknowledges that. I mean, yeah. so, uh, I mean, like, like you're not supposed to you're not supposed to think it's OK for him to be memorizing details in order to get women into bed. Like, yeah. I think you're supposed to realize that's Absolutely. why he gets slapped so many times. Right? Yeah, he is a bad guy at that mm-hmm. point. This is clearly part of the lesson that he needs to learn to not be an awful human being. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you need a lot of time for him to get better to assume a redemption arc for somebody who was capable of all of that badness. Yeah. Like, well, he, he was willing to do these things when he thought there were no consequences. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then we're also supposed to believe in his his improvement mm-hmm. hmm. i kind of like thinking about all these worlds I, where it where it did just like keep going he's like he's like six days in and he's in jail he's like well it's gonna reset it didn't reset how i guess, <laughs> I guess like if there are all these timelines mm-hmm. how wide is the butterfly effect of like his different days have set your world on wildly different courses or is it like really never escapes outside of Punxsutawney how different no, it must because well, it, and it got, depends he's on... got ramifications for Pittsburgh he's got ra- he, he's got ramifications for Pittsburgh and also even outside of that like if he even the, the, the simplest things if he does not convince the young couple like if he doesn't calm the nerves of the girl who is uh, who's Sec- thinking of calling off their the wedding, wedding mm-hmm. then they don't then presumably there's realities where they don't get married which affects right. their future life as a couple maybe they have children or maybe they don't maybe they marry other people and produce mm-hmm. children they or, or um they you know what happens to their relatives like they're in i i, I think there's massive yeah. butterfly so, effect possible so if if phil has relatives then that could have mm-hmm. an impact he mm-hmm. potentially has progeny in mm-hmm. multiple different timelines do you think here's a big one do you think any of these timelines it actually starts to have effects outside of earth like interstellar ramifications <laughs> i mean in the grand scheme of things quite possibly like he how soon God. how soon does it have to 
impact it to be relevant here like because if we're travel like, is like if, someone, is someone like a thousand years becomes an astronaut or doesn't right? yeah like a thousand years from now or is it like within within this lifetime single generation i don't think it could impact space in a single generation what? i think earth is isolated enough and I think we're far enough away from interstellar travel I mean, what, what that I don't think the, he can like he can tip of, the scale uh, of the the WrestleMania couple. What if one of them's like a you know an inventor that discovers interplanetary well, travel or something? I mean, <laughs> thousands of years, then like everything's different. Yeah, in every one yeah. of these timelines. Boy, have we come far from our uh, breakdown of of the number of movie theaters in Punxsutawney <laughs> that we opened this episode with. <laughs> Do you think they open any more movie theaters because of Phil? I, I think in at least one universe, there are two movie theaters. Well, what is, I mean, I would imagine as he go back to see to that there, movie even more. He's like, this really is my favorite movie. I still want to see it. Well, so, okay. So if he moves there, right. And he is beloved. Does he, does he eventually become mayor of the town? Because everyone Ooh, loves is him. He, he, is he mm-hmm. knocking on, on Phil's little door and running the groundhog day? Right. Is he, mm-hmm. is he, is he helping to, you know, is he just bringing new ideas and new lifeblood into the city that he now loves so much and he helps it grow from, you know, 6,000 people into a booming metropolis? Like maybe in he the world of president? Groundhog Day by 2024, yeah, you know, 31 years later, this is just, you know, this is the third largest city in America. <laughs> and he, he becomes president he secretly conducted enough social experiments to say right guys i figured out government i promise i figured out government i got it yeah trust me trust me on this i mean we don't know you know how how people... old is phil connor's in this movie when it starts or after his 10,000 years it, of whatever? When it, when it starts. So if he's going to live the rest of his life, how many more years is he going to be living? And what could well, he do in those years? The movie came out in 93 and yeah, Bill Murray right now. was yeah. born in. in OK, in so he was 43 when it started. That was nice. We, we can all do that. Math does that feel. And not yeah. Up. <laughs> <laughs> does, does that feel like, OK, we should assume Phil is early 40s. Yeah, yeah, I can. Yeah. He, he, okay, so he's where he's at in his career. So he's got potentially reasonable. fifty years left of his life, mm-hmm. or more, you know, give or take. Sure. Uh, like, does he does he spend every waking moment on self improvement? Does he spend it all on other people? Like, does he ever? Str- is he like haunted every time he hears about a kid falling out of a tree? And he's like, I he's got like there. like PTSD. He's like. <laughs> If I, if I hadn't, if I hadn't done the perfect day, I mean, I could still be saving people. This becomes like the the criticism that some people had of uh, Avengers Endgame, the idea that Captain America went and lived a content life by himself. They're like, well, that's not your moral obligation as someone with the power that you have. <laughs> you should have. Uh, Does you know, he been- start like chasing it? He's like, I have to get it back. I have to get a reset back. <laughs> Well, but he, he like he is, like gets it, to like some big significant day, like something happens, like like Rita dies in a car crash, and he's like, "I need it back. I have I have to reset. I have to find a way to like save her." Is like, does he try mm-hmm. to turn back time like Superman? Well, it's, it's the plot to Deadpool two, is what you're <laughs> more recently. <laughs> Nicole, you were saying something. 
I well, I was just thinking. I mean, the idea. I mean, he saves the people that he that he knows about, but because he because he never got to leave Punxsutawney, it's not like he really had. Um, he wasn't really that powerful. I mean, he observed things and he could do something about them, yeah. but he didn't. It's not like. He didn't save everyone in the town because he couldn't be everywhere in the town at once, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I like the idea of him. I mean, that's an interesting idea that if something else happens to him in the future that's terrible and he and he's sort of desperate with pleading with the universe of let me have a do-over of this, that mm-hmm. I think really would haunt him going forward that when you have something terrible, sequel. you know, that he's desperate to want to fix that. Um, I don't know that I think he'd, he would miss being able to learn the routines enough to go save someone. I mean, I, I don't know. It depends on how, well, how may, much maybe, we feel I mean, his I mean, we're, change. We're kind of entering uh, like also Edge of Tomorrow. Yes. Right? Well, right. In, yeah. internal to the movie, he may have learned enough of a lesson for this from the old man dying. Right. You can't save everybody. He has, he like learns you the, really he, can't something. And so maybe but, when he's out of the loop, maybe that was, that was a special mm-hmm. like sequence that was necessary. So he's that when he's Parker, out of the loop, he's like, yeah. I still understand. Like I had, yeah. I had my therapy for this while <laughs> I was inside. Mm-hmm. So now I can be outside and it's like, someone died. I, I don't get to do do overs anymore, right. but even when I could, I couldn't do something about everything. Well, it's, yeah, that's the Ben Parker. Movie. It's the lesson of Uncle Ben. You can't save everyone. That doesn't mean you don't try. You try your best, but some pe- sometimes people die and even Spider-Man can't do anything about it. That's the the lesson of Ben Parker. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's like a very Superman thing with mm-hmm. um, with Pa Kent. Mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking I'm comparing doing a lot of comparisons to Superman now mm-hmm. in my head. Right. Superman like. Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Except I'm, good from the start. Superman looked, doesn't have to learn the same lesson. Yeah. <laughs> I've not looked it up. I am 100% sure there are there are comic book issues that are Groundhog Day inspired. Oh, there's um oh, there's, there's a very there, recent I, uh Fantastic 4. Oh, right, right. I I did actually so you said you had not looked it up. Um I did look up the um the uh groundhog day time loop page on tv tropes and there um, there's a lot of options for that mm-hmm. i assume yes there yes there there are many and i because i was trying to what i was wondering about was you know what other movies were there but just to look at comic books um there's uh 52 does it yeah oh yeah because booster gold has moments that oh right in, yeah, in it um gold. um let's see uh fantastic four uh, I'm just naming Justice Society. Yeah, there's several here. There's some. Ha- oh, Sandman and Endless Nights, of course. Yes. Yeah. Um, Joseph, even playing a game on the protagonist at one point, we came up with a pitch for like a Disney Channel original movie style Groundhog Day thing. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna be honest with you, Andrew. I have literally you don't no remember it? none at all. <laughs> the, like you could be making this up, and I would I would just be nodding along the, over the here in the corner. That movie. Was that like a girl going into high school or something like moved into a new town was going to high school for her first day. It was terrible. She didn't fit in anywhere. 
and she got a reset. And so she starts trying to fit in with like every different click. <gasps> I do remember this now. Okay. okay. Let's come back. Um, yeah. And then... <laughs> like, like she's trying out a different social group every, every day. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And just looking at the TV tropes, uh, very obviously uh, the current run, well, the soon about to end run of X-Men um, this is Moira McTaggart's current mm. mutant mm-hmm. power is that mm. she is just a perpetual reincarnate to, I mean, it's right. not just one day, but it is, you know, a repeating lifetime. That that, that concept is there. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think I, I, and I think I've said there, um, I mentioned last, there's a lot of TV shows that do this. Um, mm-hmm. And in my, in my favorite ones are the ones that are self-aware. Um, I'm thinking of uh, legends of tomorrow, where um, Zari gets taught in a t- caught in a time loop and no yep. one believes her, and then she finally and she finally is explaining it to Nate, and he's like, "Wait, you mean like Groundhog Day?" And she's like, mm-hmm. "Huh?" And she goes, "Okay, how much time before the loop resets?" And she's like, 15 seconds." And he's like, "Okay, find me tomorrow and just find me immediately as soon as as soon as the loop resets, and then just walk up to me and say you're in a Groundhog Day." And she's like, "But," and then the loop resets, and then so she goes and she finds him, mm-hmm. and she says, and it, "Nate, like, I'm oh, caught yeah. in a bro- Groundhog Day." And he goes. Okay, I'm on board. Here's what we do. Sure. Okay. I understand. I trust you. You know, you're my teammate. If you say you're in a groundhog day, let's let's work this problem now. <laughs> mm-hmm. We did uh on the protagonist podcast, we had an episode about Stargate SG one, and one of the episodes we talked about was Groundhog Day. Mm. Uh homage as well, or at least, you know, this this the same ba- basic premise was being played out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know Supernatural had one also. Mm. Agents of Shield has one. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Doctor Who must have. Doctor, Doctor Who has several. Yeah. Um, one of the uh, Doctor Who's had several over the years. In one of the most fascinating ones, there's a there's a thing where he gets trapped on a planet where they've got this um, where he he's he's got to break through a wall and it's like a ten foot wall um, that um, is is it's like ten feet it's ten feet of a substance 10 times harder than diamond. And he's got to break through before this, this fire comes and incinerates him. And if he, and he realizes that he, his, his solution is he goes and he punches the wall one time. And then he, um, before the fire can come incinerate him, he goes and he time travels back to the beginning and like essentially it's incinerated, but, but resets the loop, but the damage to the wall maintains. So he manages to break through it by just punching the wall one time over and over again for four and a half billion years. (laughs) And that's, and that's the solution to the problem. Just like, yeah, I've got a time machine, you know, (laughs) like I'll get there eventually. All right. Well, um, I think we're think nearing the end, Nicole. Is there anything you wanted to add? I'm I'm just thinking of the Doctor Who one and thinking, wow, <laughs> you you couldn't maybe have in Punched in that twice. time figured out a, how to do a transporter instead, so just get away from the thing that was yeah. going to explode. But you know, Doctor Who's had like or punch it twice. Billion episodes. Yeah. Did he only have time to punch it once? He only has time, time to punch it once each time. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very limited reset. It's yeah. a, it's a, you know, it was just for the moment to have it like, like if you're, I don't know if you, any of you are Doctor Who fans, um, the logic of Doctor Who. Yeah. Oh, oh, you do Ratchet or you don't? Um, I've not watched the, I, I, I've been out for a little while, not for any choice, just things mm-hmm. got too busy. I yeah. Go I've, back and re-watch. I've gone on and off, but like the, the logic in the Doctor Who universe is things work as well as they need to for this episode. The rules yep. might be entirely different next episode. Don't even worry about it. This is just how it's going to be. I cause... mean, that's the same as like the Star Trek, the original series. Like, did anything yeah. happen last episode? Doesn't matter. 
Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, doesn't does it does it matter that you know could he have punched twice? You know, not this time. Why? Uh, stay a moment in time. Okay, all right, just moving on. <laughs> like this <laughs> because I need the plot to work for this episode, and that's and that's how much it works. Do you ever feel bad? He's like, that wasn't a good one. Dang it, I, did, <laughs> I didn't square up properly. <laughs> <laughs> what a waste. Next time, next time, got 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 to move more of the hips. Move the hips. <laughs> yeah. Do you think by the end, like he is the be- best single punch thrower in the galaxy? Oh, totally. <laughs> like One Punch Man, the anime. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you'd think eventually he would increase his, you know, accuracy and speed and and force. Yeah. You know, he's got like a Bruce Lee, you know, inch punch exactly. thing going. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, does anyone have any final thoughts about Groundhog Day for this year's recording yeah. of Groundpod Day? I'm sure nothing I couldn't share next year. Yeah, <laughs> we will have a chance to make up. If you feel like you've blown it this year, we will not, be back to try again. Not to put too fine a point on it, but the stakes of, oh, did I say everything I need to say? Pretty low. Exactly. All right. Well, it sounds like we are all good (laughs) based on the stunning silence that I just received. So, uh, listeners, thank you for joining us for Ground Pod Day 2024. We will be back in 2025 with one more episode of this podcast. You were about to pitch a Patreon that doesn't exist, weren't you? You were like real close to just like join our Patreon. There's a lot of muscle memory at play. There's a lot of muscle memory in this outro. It's like he's been doing this for a thousand years. (laughs) If we had a a Patreon for for a show that only appears once per year that would be funny (laughs) (laughs) well uh thank you again uh until next year so long let's move here bye (laughs) we hang a carol (laughs) divin